the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to another episode of Tactical Living by Leo Warriors. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And I'm your co-host, Clint Walton. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the power of your mind and how having the ability to sift through your thoughts, to pull out the positive ones, can help you in almost every uncomfortable situation. So today, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the content. There was a moment that I can think of very vividly that I have revisited at least a thousand times in my mind since it happened. A moment so funny that because of how many times I've revisited that moment, I can tell you everything that that picture in my mind looks like. I could tell you the colors. I could tell you the smell. I can tell you how I felt. And even thinking about it right now, I want to like, like stupid laugh. (laughs) So when you're married to a first responder, especially in the beginning, there's not a lot of time that you have to spend together. This one evening in particular, Clint and I had the opportunity to go and hang out and do something. It had probably been about a year and a half since we went to see a movie. And we decided to hit up the movie theater. I don't even remember what movie it was. And just have a good time spending some time together. Now in true fashion, we got into the theater, purchased our tickets. Clint gets the biggest bucket of popcorn that they sold. The biggest, probably Diet Coke, that (laughs) was available. And... We give our tickets and we start walking down this long hall to find the theater that our movie was playing in. And we're happy and Clint has both the popcorn in one hand and this giant soda in the other hand. And we're just laughing and we're just happy. We're getting ready to see a movie. It was later at night. And I remember this particular showing was at the very end of a long hallway. So we were walking and just laughing and probably bullshitting the entire time as we're walking down the hallway. And it's really hard for me not to like bust out laughing just as I'm recounting this story. But let me give it a shot. So let's say that the theater was number 13 and we're getting ready to walk into the door for theater number 13. And Clint's just so jolly. I can see him so vividly. (laughs) And he starts to walk. Not into the door of the theater. You can enter on the left. You can enter on the right. And directly in the center is this dark black wall. And instead of walking into one of the doors, I see him heading for the wall. (laughs) So I stop. And I'm about 10 feet back from him. And I watch him. And he, he face plants straight into this black wall. (laughs) There was popcorn that flew everywhere. His soda top popped open. There was ice cubes and soda everywhere. He was so (laughs) wet. And I remember just looking around me like, did anybody else see that? And we were all by ourselves. 
I was laughing so hard. I literally like was about to pee my pants. And poor Clint, <laughs> he had his tail between his legs because his wife was just laughing her ass off at what he just did. <laughs> and, you know, in my defense on this, the the door, the wall was black. It looked like it was the entry door. And I didn't even really notice. I, You know how the doors are open normally? You think you could just walk through and it was dark inside. It was so funny. As you're sitting there, maybe you can think of a time when your spouse has done something that you're just like, are you freaking kidding me? And so the reason I bring up this moment and you can hear it in my voice, I'm sure. And even Clint busting out laughing as he's thinking about what happened. As I said, I remember the look on his face. I remember seeing the brown diet soda like fly all over the place, the shiny ice cubes on the floor. I've literally revisited this moment as many times as I've needed to. And what I mean by that is I've had a lot of moments when I've been uncomfortable Maybe I'm getting ready to present in a meeting. Maybe I'm getting ready to meet somebody of higher authority, let's say, and it makes me uncomfortable. I've used this going into interviews before. I've used this dealing with my sick and dying mom as a way to help me to enhance my mood during those darkest times. And, and it's, a, it's fascinating to see the way that you're able to pull from a memory like that and not only recall it, but to also have the ability to dive into that moment so realistically that you can put yourself there. And I've used that moment not only as a time to be able to reflect upon when I need it, but also a time for me to allow myself to make a mood shift anytime that I need to. You know, and that's something that you have a completely different outlook on than me when it comes <laughs> to how funny that specific instance was just because it hurt. I mean, it's definitely funny and I can definitely laugh at it, but imagine my face just smacking into the wall. It wasn't, there was no bracing. There was no... <laughs> stopping and realizing that everything was okay it was painful but in looking at that and everything you just said what do you do negatively that focuses on the negatives of something compared to those positives utilizing that same thought process of thinking about the story you've created in your own head or going down the negative route and making yourself feel worse about a situation. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean that every time that I'm in a slump that I even remember to pull from that memory. We all, it's in our human makeup, to go down this negative spiral. And it takes a lot of repetition and a lot of practice to be able to take ownership and be the CEO of your own mind and not allow certain circumstances, instances, and especially people to have the power over the influence of how you allow yourself to feel and react to any situation that you're in. And it's 
hard to get out of your own head when it comes to that stuff. And it's, you know, focusing on different thought processes, different meditation techniques, whatever it may be, is really key in getting out of living in your head and living within presence in your body. And it boils down to the fact that we have the choice. We have the choice to say, okay, here's this situation. Uh, I just got another bill in the mail that I didn't expect to get. So with that, I can either choose to pull from the pity pile of, of course this happened to me. This always happens to me. And I'm no different. Clint, you and I spent a majority of our marriage, probably the first six or seven years or so, of always allowing ourselves to fall into that negative spiral of, well, shit, of course this happened to us. It always happens to us. Who else would it happen to? And every time, well, what's going to happen next? You know, I'm sure, well, if it happened this way, this is just going to get worse from there. Yeah, and we allowed that to control every aspect of our life. And we had this negative connotation that almost created this pretense for how we allowed things to enter into our lives. And we didn't know how to control that. And I remember very vividly, we took step number one. And when we did that, it changed everything. All that shit that always happened to us, it stopped happening. And it's not some magic tool. Um, I remember the first step for us was reading The Secret. They also have that on video form. So we watched the video first. And you and I spent a week reading it aloud to one another. And we would stop and we would talk about it. And maybe we read a chapter or two a night together. But we practiced that. And we made sure that we were on the same page in understanding it and knowing, like, let's try this because what we've been doing before hasn't been working. And I want to I want to touch on that for a second, because I think that a lot of people might think it's like woo woo. Mm -hmm. And I get that. And it's understanding the principles and being able to articulate it in a way to where you can apply that in your own life. And even the visualization techniques, we started doing that. And one of the craziest things, and I don't want this to be taken out of context. I'm not saying we studied the secret and then boom, this magically happened, what I'm about to explain. But I truly believe that this is the reason as to how and why these circumstances were created. And I wanted a Z4. It was my dream car, the most beautiful car you can imagine, black leather seats, a white vehicle. I pictured it. I saw pictures of it. I replayed that image in my mind over and over again. And I drove in, in Eclipse at the time. And I remember every single time I would drive my car, my Eclipse, I would pretend that I was driving that Z4 instead. I envisioned the way that the steering wheel felt I pretended that I can smell what this new car, what this new leather smelt like around me. I knew exactly how it felt in those moments to be driving a Z4 as I was driving my Eclipse. And it felt good. 
And it just made me want that Z4 more than anything. And I decided to just try that technique. It was probably a good six months. And the time came where I had finished my MBA and we talked about it and we decided together that, you know what, let's make this dream a reality. And of course, you need to start. You go and you check out different dealerships. We searched online for days and it wasn't it wasn't exactly the car that we could find. Most of them were a white car with red leather seats. A lot of them were far away to where you would have to pay the hefty convenience fee of being able to ship it over to your location. And we just couldn't find it. And I remember not being frustrated, but just thinking to myself, like, okay, well, if I can't find it, like, it just wasn't meant to be. And I knew for sure, and I had talked with Clint about that, that I wasn't going to be swayed into getting something else. Like, it was either this specific car with these specific features, or it wasn't going to, I was just going to, I'll keep driving my Eclipse. I'd rather do that than not have exactly what I wanted. So we go to the dealership one of the dealerships, and we had looked online and Clint said, yeah, Ashley, I found your car. It's at this dealership. We go there. We're scouting the parking lot, looking for this car. I'm so excited. Like Clint says, it's here. And then we're greeted by probably a thousand salesmen. And I don't know how that even works. Like, how do the salesmen say, okay, you can have that one. Maybe they take turns, but... The salesman comes to us and I tell him, I don't want to waste any time. This is the car that I want. We know that you have it on inventory because we saw it online. And he says, I'm sorry, but we don't have that car. And we're arguing with him a little bit because we came here specifically for this car. We know that you have it. Technology tells us the truth always. (laughs) And it's showing as being here on your lot right now. I just can't see it. So tell me where it's at. No, man, can't help you. It's not here. So he leaves and he goes into the office. I let him know. He tries, of course, to convince me to get another car. And he comes back out and he says, you guys, I'm sorry, but you're right. We do have this car. It's here right now. It came to us on the lot with one of the speakers was damaged. Not even the speaker. It was like the metal casing that surrounds the speaker on the side panel. And I'm like, well, shit, you're fixing it right now? Cool. (laughs) Long story short, I was able to get that car. And I I can't even explain to you how excited. That was one of the most exciting purchases that I've ever had in my life. And I remember driving that car and it felt exactly how I had envisioned it to feel when I was driving my Eclipse, pretending I was driving that car for six months. I, I remember going to the window at the office, managing a pediatric practice, and in the morning when the sun would come up, of course I got there at five o'clock every morning, I would just sit there for a moment and just stare out the window at my car in gratitude, not believing like, holy shit, this car is really mine. Mm-hmm. Like I am so grateful that this belongs to me. And this isn't to try to showcase any kind of bragging rights. I, I just want to demonstrate to you the power of being able to 
use your positive thinking and understand that it's a way to allow every other action and reaction that you make in your life to align with that positive thought. I know that we were able to, as a byproduct of me envisioning this purchase, work a little harder, save a little bit more money, do some rearranging, and really figure out how to make that a reality. And it, was, it wasn't like, okay, I want this car, now let's, let's try to strategize what we need to do to do it. It was an inadvertent reaction to having that positive thought. And when you're able to just take the ability of being able to shift what it is that you're thinking and really own your own way of thinking, then you're able to make incredible things happen in your life. And by shifting from the negativity that's so easy to get caught up into, and by demonstrating what it is that you actually want in your life, and then allowing yourself to be so immersed in that positive, that positive image, then you're really able to enjoy your tactical living. <laughs> 